On Friday, June 4th, 2010, Skyline Elementary School in Portland, Oregon was having a science fair and talent show. There were many extra people in the school that day. That morning, seven-year-old Kyron Horman toured the science fair with his stepmother, Terry. Kyron, however, never made it to class. Was he abducted from school? Was he targeted by a stranger? Or did someone close to him mean him harm? Welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. And today we are discussing the disappearance of Kyron Horman. Now, I gotta apologize. I think I sound kind of stuffy. So, eh, it's not bad. It happens. Um, but it's the price we pay for putting on an episode a week. I suppose so. That and living down here where there's a ton of tree pollen. Yeah, like how I slipped that in. Oh yeah, but well, it is subtle. This is four in a row. I think so, yes. Yeah. Going for five next week? We'll see. All right. All right, let's um let's do some background on this. Uh just you know, talking about Kyron's parents and everything. Mm-hmm. Kyron was born September 9th of 2002 to Kane and Desiree Horman. Uh now Kane and Desiree actually divorced while she was still pregnant. So maybe her name wasn't Horman at the time. I'm not sure what it was if she changed it back. Okay. Um, Kane had actually started seeing uh, Terry, who was Kyron's stepmother during our story here, uh, while Desiree was pregnant. Okay. So seems kind of shitty, but we don't we don't know exactly what was going on like with the relationship. So I hate to cast judgment on that. Uh, now again, uh, uh, Kane would go on to marry Terry. Uh, Desiree uh, married a man named Tony Young later, and they moved to Medford, Oregon. Uh And that's about four hours away. Um, Now, at first, they had shared custody of Kyron. So I'm not sure exactly at which point uh, Desiree uh, moved to Medford. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard to say. But I do know that she was sharing custody with Kane until she got very ill. She was dealing with some kidney issues. And... She wasn't really able to take care of Kyron. Uh, I think that may have been when she moved because she had to get treatment elsewhere. And this was his biological mother? His biological mother, okay. yes. Uh, so she actually gave full custody over to Kane at the time. So Kane and uh, and Terry were raising Kyron for several years. Um, I mean, obviously, he would go see his mother, but full-time, he was mostly with Kane. Right. Okay. Now... Um, as so I she said, was just too sick at the time to, to just too sick. Yeah, she was very ill. She was she was going through kidney failure, mm. and um, I believe, um, depending on the article you read, I did read she was going into Canada for treatment. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for her to do that, and you know, take care of Kyra and get yeah, him to school, stuff like that. Now, um, you know, we're going to catch up now to to June fourth of two thousand ten. Uh, uh, that's that's when Kyron goes missing. So let's go through Kyron's schedule for that day. And what happened with him going missing when people found out. Now, the school opened at 8 a.m. that morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, as we mentioned in the intro, they were having a science fair. And later in the day, there was going to be a talent show. Was uh, he competing? Yes, he, he had a project in the science fair. And he was supposed to be in the talent show. Okay. Now, the school opened at 8 a.m. And he and his stepmom, Terry, got there soon thereafter. Um, 
We know for sure that they were seen there together at 8.15 a.m. by multiple witnesses, one of which was the superintendent of schools. Okay. So that's a very credible witness. So we can be pretty confident they were there. Right. Yeah. And the, the times they were there as well? Yeah. For sure, they were there at 8.15. Now, Terry says she left the school at 8.45 a.m. and saw Kyron walking toward his class. Okay. Now, classes started apparently at 10 a.m., but Kyron was not there at the time. He was marked absent. Uh, now, some people make a big deal about when he was marked absent, but that's I mean that's when they called roll was 10 a.m., so it's, it's, okay. I don't think that's weird. Now, uh, at 2 p.m. that day, Kane gets home from work, and uh, Terry's there already, right? Um, he actually came home early that day. He was going to finish off work in his home office, and then he and Terry and their daughter were going to take Kyron out for ice cream, celebrate the science fair. Uh-huh. So at 3.30, uh, both of them walk down to the bus stop to meet Kyron, but he doesn't get on the bu- off the bus. He wasn't there. Uh, so, you know, they call school, and they said, no, he was he was absent today. So they rush down to school, start looking for him. You know, they, they speak to the secretary. They said, no, he, he was just marked absent today, and— um, the teacher's teacher comes out and says, well, you know, Terry told us that he had a doctor's appointment today. And they so, didn't know about this. So we didn't think about no, the, the teachers. The teacher thought that Kyron had a doctor's appointment. That no, day. But did, uh, did the father know about this? Well, according to Terry, the doctor's appointment was actually the next Friday. Okay. So it was some kind of miscommunication. Uh, Kyron's backpack, however, was found in his classroom that day. They saw it there. Now, some people would say, you know, that should set off alarms. But the way I think of it is, you know, the kid's seven years old. He could have just left his backpack there the, the night before mm-hmm. accidentally, right? Would he have had access to it while they were there for the science fair? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably what happened is they got there. Before they went down to the science fair, he just ran and left his bag in, in the room. That would seem to make sense. Yeah. That, that's what I assume. I mean, I don't have any police verification of this, but that's what it seems to be. Yeah. Uh, depending on the article I've read, in either 346 or 356, the school secretary calls the police to report Kyron missing. And uh, the police are on the scene by 430 uh, to start the investigation. The uh, The sheriff contacted the FBI pretty much immediately. Has anyone heard from the stepmother by this point? Well, the, the secretary actually, con- that was the stepmother that was there. Oh, okay. The, the biological mother, the, the secretary contacts her. Okay. Which is really strange to me. You would think Kane would give her a call, right? You'd think so, yeah. But no, the secretary calls her and says, uh, I have you down as an emergency contact for Kyron Horman. And she's like, yes. <laughs> now, obviously, you're going to panic when someone says that, right? She's, right. Well, he's missing. So Desiree and her husband, Tony, they rush down. Uh, obviously, but it's, it's four hours away. Again, uh, the sheriff contacted the FBI pretty much immediately once they figured out what was going on with the situation, mm-hmm. um, which is good. We we always like to see local police contact the FBI when a child is missing. You yeah, want to use those resources. Um, now, by 8 p.m., we've got the first search team arriving at the school, and they get started. So we've known Kyron was missing since about 3.30. We get... Uh, an official start a search going at eight, but I mean, you know, people have been looking all over the place for him before that, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, I think that because Terry was the last person to see Kyron, right? It's important that we look at what she did that day. Yeah. And, of it's, and 
obviously police were going to look at that as well, right? Do they because suspect her immediately? I wouldn't say suspect her immediately. Um, it's, I think it's normal to have a little suspicion of a step parent in this sort of situation. And I, I hate to say that. I mean, I'm a step parent as well. And step parents, a lot of times, they 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 get some harsh looks when one of their step kids go missing. Yeah. And you know, I, I would say you know a lot of times it, they have nothing to do with it. They're loving parents, right? But um, especially stepdads, they get looked at immediately, right? They think, oh, this guy could be violent. He could have hurt somebody. Well, with Terry, I don't think they're looking at her immediately. Statistically, like, though, I mean, uh, step parents are, I, I believe, last time I looked at it, they're considerably more likely to, to harm children no, it's, uh, that aren't their biological children. It's true, but I think it's rare for a stepmother, if that makes sense. I mean, I think it's, it's more men are more violent generally, yeah. so any. Any crime statistic men are going to be on top of. But the fact with her being a step-parent and being the last person to see Kyron, it's important we look at what she did. Now, remember, she left um, the school about 8.45, okay? now um, Why the hell were they having a science fair that early? Well, it's like something you would do after school, not before it. Well, I I don't think it's strange. I've actually... um, uh, I was at a school once where we had uh, the science fair. Well, they weren't having like the judging; they were having parents tour the science fair early. Okay, that, that, that makes. And sense. I, I've been to school where they, a school where we actually did that. Like the parents would come in before school and, and go through the science okay. fair. Um, because you know, because a lot of parents got to get to work, right? Now uh, she left about eight forty-five, and according to Terry, her daughter Kiara had an earache and it was really bad. So from nine to ten a.m. She's going around to different Fred Meyer stores uh, in the Portland area. Apparently, Fred Meyer is like a, a grocery chain they have there. And is looking for a certain earache medicine for her daughter. And she would have had the kid with her at the time? Yes, she did have her with her. And she was seen at uh, multiple Fred Meyer stores by witnesses with Kiara. Uh, they, they, no one saw Kyron with her. Um, but Kyron's already missing by this point, right? Probably. Probably. No one knows, but, you know, this is still before they've called roll, right? They don't okay. call roll at school until 10 a.m. Okay. Well, on this particular day, I, they they may call roll earlier. That's a, that seems a little late. It does. Well, and you have to understand, this is June, and they're still in school as well, which is really strange to me. Yeah. I, they may have had, like, a modified year-round schedule or something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe in other areas of the country, they go to school in different months. I don't know. Around so, here, yeah. our kids get out of school early May and go back at the very beginning of August. So I thought that was pretty much uniform across the board. I thought it was too, though. Some places do have sort of a year round schedule or a modified year round schedule. So it could be something like that. Um, now she says she gets done and she finds the medication about, about 10 AM to give to her daughter. And uh, the next little thing she does here is where everything gets called into question because from 10 to about 1130 AM, um, Terry says that she was driving her daughter around trying to get her to soothe her to sleep, you know, because she had that earache. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, driving a lot of times will we'll soothe the small child to sleep. And get How to sleep. old was this kid? I'm not sure. I think she was about two. She was very, very small. So she child. was too young to corroborate. Right. Yeah, she okay. couldn't corroborate anything. Now, a lot of people call this into question. Uh, it, it should be questioned because there's no way to back this up. But some people question, you know, why are you driving this kid around? That doesn't make sense to me. In an hour and a half of it, even if you are sitting there asleep, why don't you drive around for an hour and a half? 
Well, I want to tell everyone that has these questions, while she may not have been telling the truth, it is completely legitimate, okay? Like, some of our kids, the only way they would sleep sometimes if they didn't feel good is if you were driving them around. Now, you could have stopped the car and they would have still slept, but... It's not that weird. You're not going to get them out of the car and them stay asleep, though, okay. if that makes sense. So, an hour and a half, I don't think is, is weird. I mean, if you wanted this kid to sleep for an hour and a half, then you might be, need to be driving for an hour and a half. Um, however, the next part of the story, I've never heard anyone who breaks this case down call this into question, but I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Now, at 11.49 a.m., uh, Terry checks into her local gym to work out. Okay. And everybody says, oh, well, they have a, a daycare at the gym, so she can leave her daughter at the daycare. And everybody thinks this is completely normal. If your kid is sick, I would never leave, never leave her at the daycare at a gym while I worked out. That's a fair point. And I've never heard anyone call that into question. But the, to me... Know, that's something I could see a parent doing, though. I mean... I mean I, if you, okay, so if your kid has been inconsolable with an earache... For, you yeah, know, it seems strange you leave them with a stranger while you go work out. I mean, leave them at all. Like you're just going to leave them there suffering. Like maybe just not, skip leg day. You're not supposed to have someone. You know, like a daycare is not supposed to take care of your child if they're sick. You know, you're that's, supposed to take that's care. That's fair. Of them. Yeah. So whatever. No, I, mean, I think that's strange. Pre-COVID, we were much more loose with how we dealt with these sorts of things. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you know we weren't, but even before then, like a daycare, like if, if we were dropping a kid off at a daycare. You know, like, you know, if I was dropping my stepdaughter off years ago, if she was sick, they'd say, I'm sorry, we can't take her. Okay. Okay. So now I'm not saying all daycares are like that, but, you know, this one is at a gym. I mean, it seems like a reasonable policy, right? You would think so, right? And even even then, like, you don't have to be at the gym. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, We now, okay. It's not like she had to work. I do need to mention something. Terry used to be a bodybuilder. Okay. She was no longer a bodybuilder at this time, though. So it's not like she had to work out every single day to to, to do this. Okay, um, there, there's some shots of her like doing as as a bodybuilder. That's crazy. She's super muscled up. But at the time, she she was not working out like that. So I don't think it was very important that she go to the gym that day. And you know, I, I just don't think she should have taken her sick daughter there. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. So <clears throat> she actually took some pictures of Kyron at the science fair with the science fair project. And at 1 p.m., excuse me, uh, at 1.21 p.m., she's back at home and posting pictures of Kyron on her Facebook page uh, from the home computer. Or were they recent photos? Just the one she no, took it was the one the she took that okay. morning Yeah, at the, at the science fair. So was that suspicious at all? I mean, was she like the kind of person that, that constantly posts photos? There are, are two points about this that I find suspicious. Okay. One, and this is hard to back up, but a lot of people say, you know, a lot of, you know, people in interviews say that Terry did not hardly ever post pictures of Kyron on her Facebook. Uh She posts pictures of herself, but very rarely Kyron. So it seems kind of strange. She's posting a picture of him on the Facebook. Right. The second point is that at 1 p.m. at school that day, the talent show was supposed to start. And Kyron was supposed to perform at that talent show. Now, obviously, Kyron wasn't there, so he didn't perform. But where was he? Well, a lot of people think that Terry should have been there to watch him in the talent show because she usually showed up for his stuff at school. Wouldn't that assume that he was still alive at this point, though? 
Well, right. Did anyone ever see Kyron without her at the at the school that day? I we have no no verifiable accounts. There was there was one kid that said that he saw he or she. I'm not sure if it's a boy or girl. Saw Kyron about nine o'clock in the school mm-hmm. at a, at one of the entrances, and, and this is according to to police. So this is verifiable at the time. Um, they had a report of this. However, they backtracked it after they did interviews with other people because, like, one small child isn't really yeah, very, it doesn't tell you any, anything. Like a, it's not a, it's not a good source, so they backtracked that. So, do we know the latest that anyone saw Kyron there? No, we we know he was seen at eight fifteen. We know that Terry said she left at eight forty five and saw him, but that's really about the only reports we have. So, her story is that she left him there for the talent show and went to take care of her sick kid, right? Yes. Um, now, I will say, I'm not, I don't want to get into this till closer to the end of the episode because this is not from an article or I can't find it anywhere else other than one particular book. But there are some other sightings that I will get into from this book. But like I said, it's just a book, so I don't really know where her sources came from. Okay. That's fair. Now, I'm not trying to say the person that wrote the book, there's anything wrong with her. She's not reliable. It's just, But it, it's only coming from one book. I can't. Right, I don't have multiple sources on this. Now, uh, like I said, but a lot of people said, you know, she usually showed up for his stuff at the school. So if she had dropped him off, knew he was having a talent show that day, she should have showed up to the talent show, right? Stands to reason, yes. That seems a little suspicious to me as well. Now, Monday, June 7th, this happened. To be absolutely fair, sorry to cut you off, but to be absolutely fair, if we take her at her word about the sick kid, it makes a little more sense. Okay. She may, may have been there if not for the sick kid. Well, maybe, but she did take the sick kid to the gym. I mean, of course, that's me being as charitable as possible, okay. right? I'm just saying, like, if I'm going to take my sick kid to the gym, I'd probably take her to the talent show. Fair enough. To yeah. watch her brother. Fair enough. So, Unless she's just a incredibly selfish person, which... Well, considering she went to the gym and left her sick kid there instead of just going home. Right. And, you know... I mean, that's one conclusion you could reach, I think. You know, and, and you... You know, viewers, you're going to you're going to think I'm just sitting here building a case against Terry throughout this entire episode. And you could argue that's true, but I'm going to argue that Terry built this case against herself. Just 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 bear with me here for a minute. Uh-huh. Take now, it away. Monday, uh, that happened on Friday. Karen went missing on Friday, the fourth. Monday, June seventh. The search is still going on. Uh it's another business day, it's another school day, classes resume. Uh People are handing out flyers, still searching for Kyron all over the place. Police are out watching intersections close to the school to see what kind of people are coming through. You know, um, and you, you know they're looking to see if any sex offenders might drive by. They're taking down tag numbers, stuff like that. See if someone's coming back to the scene of the crime. Basic police due diligence. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a lot of work going into the search for Kyron at this point. Well, as we said, you know, Terry, she's pretty active on Facebook. And uh, she makes a Facebook post Monday. You know what it said? Sure, it's going to be good. Hitting the gym. Oh, dear God. That's oh. that's almost as bad as the one from last week, where they, or maybe it was the week before, where they took the movie rental back while their child yeah. was missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was two weeks ago uh, with, with Julie Rainwalker. His, uh, his dad returns a movie. To the the rental place while uh, 
Angelique's missing. Like th- those are similar level of yeah. fucks given, I mm-hmm. think. And and then she's posting about she's hitting the gym. Uh, good for her. While uh, while everyone else is out searching for Kyra. So the entire community <clears throat> is out there looking for her kid, and she's hitting the gym. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I will say, like, like she she said later that. Uh, I guess because police were sort of looking at her at the time, they didn't want her participating in the search. And I can kind of understand, like, if you're stressed but about something, still. go to the gym, but you don't post it on Facebook. Right. You might make a post on Facebook, so worried about Kyron, going to go try to blow off some steam. Right. Even that's probably pushing it a little bit. I agree, but I'm just saying how she could have done this a little better, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just. I really wanted to point that out because, God, it's terrible. Now, uh, Terry would also fail multiple lie detector tests after she failed so many. Like, like she she had excuses. She said, you know, I'm hard of hearing, you know, with the first one. And uh, so they gave her another one and she failed it, uh, you know, after they verified she could hear everything. How is her hearing going to impact that? Actually, apparently, um, I've, I've, I've read some sources that say that if you have hearing trouble and have trouble hearing the questions Oh, During okay. a lie detector test, it, it can cause you to fail. Okay, fair enough. So, um, but, you know, like... I guess the it your uncertainty about what was asked causes anxiety, and that right, probably... I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, though, again, those things are just not very reliable. No, and, and I, I just want to put out... Put, excuse me. I want to point out that she did fail lie detector tests and eventually just started refusing to take any more, mm-hmm. but... I don't put any stock in, in those tests at all. Like, I, I think that I don't think police should be able to use them. I don't think they should be able to request you to take one. Yeah. Like, and if they do, you should damn sure say no. Right. Um, later in that week, the police began searching an area called Savi Island. Uh, now, that's an, uh, a small island out in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're searching the land on the island and they're using divers to search the water around it. Do we know why they keyed in on that location in particular? We do find out that uh, while Terry was out driving around that day, her phone pinged the tower that was on Savia. Okay, so they're they're definitely looking at her at this point. They, oh, they're definitely looking at her. Now, we didn't know at the time that that was because her phone pinged that area. Right. But, you know, we found that out later. Okay. Now, obviously, obviously, just because it pinged that, that tower doesn't mean she was on Savia Island. Right. Uh, and and she denies ever being close to the island while she's driving around that day. Well, she denied at first, and then later she would say, "Well, I could have been. I don't know." But I mean, I I don't know the setup there in Portland, but you'd think it'd be very clear that you go across a bridge to get there. Yeah. Whatever. Um, we can take her at her word if you want to. Now they actually end their search for Chiron on Sunday, June thirteenth. How long has this been? It's it's been um he went missing on the fourth. So this is this would be uh nine days. Oh, it seems pretty quick. Well, at this point they're no longer searching for they don't think that Kyron he's either been kidnapped or he's dead. Or he's dead. They don't think he's out there in the wilderness anymore. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah, now yeah. they will continue to search, you know, for a body, but they, they say they pivot more toward a criminal investigation at that point. Okay. And um, you know they they they're presuming he is either dead or kidnapped, right? With someone that has has meant him harm. And she's still the prime suspect, I imagine. Well, you know, she was never actually named a suspect. I don't think she was actually named a person of interest. Really? 
But they definitely looked at her. Okay. I mean, there, there is, there is a lot of stuff to point toward her too. Now, <clears throat> you're, you're not going to believe this one. Is it worse than the tweet? Oh yeah. Okay. And, and you know, I'm going to say though that that we're not 100 percent positive that this that, that she did this. Okay. But at some point, and we don't know exactly when this was reported to police. But uh, a man goes to police and says that uh, while he was working for the Hormans as a landscaper, mm-hmm. that Terry approached him wanting him to murder Kane for her. Excuse me. Uh, no, no. He said that, that she never said it in so many words. That she was sort of just really hinting strongly toward it. How do you hint about Trying to hire someone to murder someone. Okay, so according to Landscaper, she kept going on and on about how unhappy she was with Kane and how abusive he was and kept mentioning how he always carried about $10,000 in cash on his person. Oh. Not just in case something happened to him. Yeah. Somebody might come up with 10 grand. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, that, that sounds to me like... Yeah, th- th- those are weird things to be discussed. Really weird things, yeah. right? Now, nothing prosecutable, right? But the police did put an undercover with this guy, and they sent him out to talk to Terry. And um, basically said to Terry, you know, I've seen you in the news going on with, with your stepson going missing. We know there's something going on. You know, I, I know what you said to me. If you don't want me to go to the police about it, you should give me that $10,000. It may oh. have been 10000 but he, he requested money. But Terry reacted, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I need you to leave. So, you know, there's there's really no proof that she actually did that, though it's very suspicious. It is. Very suspicious. But the way she acted, it didn't seem like she knew what the hell he was talking about. Well, she said she didn't know what he was talking about. Right. Yeah. So she's either a really good actor or she's just a lying piece of shit. Or, or she just knew better than to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Maybe. Not a dumbass. I guess, I guess that'd do it, too. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. She seems like a dumbass at certain times, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean that tweet, that's, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. Now, um, at some point after this, Kane and Terry separate and Kane moves out. We're going to assume it's because the police told him that someone came up and said she was trying to have you murdered, possibly. Do we know if he thinks she did it? No, no, he definitely thinks she did it at this point. Okay, yeah. okay. He's come out and said that at this point. Um, and I'll get into that in just a second. Right. But um, but they separate, and uh, Kane moves out, and you know he starts divorce proceedings trying to get their daughter, get custody of their daughter. And you know, not long after that, Kane would reveal to Desiree and Tony, that's that's Kyron's mom and stepfather, mm-hmm. that um, he had actually had been wearing a wire around Terry for the police. Did he get anything useful? It doesn't seem like he – well, she's never prosecuted, so – not that useful. And, you know, useful. you wouldn't think she would say anything around him anyway. Yeah. Obviously, he's the, the father of the child. You don't want him to know what but you did. he definitely was not buying her bullshit. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Like, he apparently he suspected her from pretty early on as well. And uh, actually, four days. Do we know anything about a motive? Like, why would she want to harm this I, I'm going to get to that in just, okay. just a little bit. Right. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of trying to go in the order things no, that's, that's happened. that's fair. Um, because but that is something that I've been thinking about this entire time. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
You know, I, I, we will get to that. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I, I do want to say the last thing, and um, some people would say this is neither here nor there, but about four days after Kane moved out of the house, um, she actually started sexting with a friend of his named uh, Michael Cook, and the um, their text messages got pretty graphic, uh, according to the articles I've read. Um, I think I'd prefer you not share. I'm not going to share. I'm not going to share anything about that. Uh, but I will say that um, Michael has claimed that he never went and had sex with her. He he said he, he went over to her house a couple times. Oh, okay, okay. And they were doing some very graphic sexing, but nothing ever happened. Yeah, that, that seems reasonable. So anyway, um, I thought I'd mention that because so, it doesn't seem like she was very all that tore up about yeah. her breakup with Kane. Not too upset there. Maybe, maybe she was. That's how she copes. I don't know. So was this a good friend of his? They they went to school together. I don't know how close they were. It, he was involved in the search for Kyron. And another thing is, like, he had made some comments about how, you know, everyone that's out here uh, criticizing Terry, that they should could just, you know, focus their energy on going out and looking for Kyron. What were you focusing your energy on, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Just some real stand-up people. Oh, yeah, just, just terrible. Well, um, now... Now, here about the motive, right? Okay. Desiree, uh, Kyron's mother, uh, would would come out in interviews later and talk about how, you know, the police have shown her emails of um, of Terry's mm-hmm. uh, that she wrote to, uh, I'm guessing, just friends of hers and whatnot, where she talked about how she just hated Kyron and couldn't stand him. And she was she blamed Kyron for a lot of the trouble she was having in her marriage to Kane. That's as an adult, how do you rationalize blaming a child for your problems? You, you can't do that. I mean, if you, okay, if you're having trouble with your spouse, partner, right? Mm-hmm. And that partner has a child. Okay, that child is not part of your problem. Okay. That child is part of your spouse. Okay. That's, that's, that's part of the deal. Yeah. Right. You don't get to, you don't get to say, well, you know, I'd like to be with you, but we need to get rid of this kid. Yeah. Obviously, you don't say that, you know. You you accept the kid. You love the kid, or you're not going to be with that person. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's part of the job description. And, you know, like, I, now I can't say we, we have not had these emails released. This is stuff we're getting from Desiree in interviews. Mm-hmm. But why would we think this woman's lying? Yeah, yeah. Fair we enough. know she wasn't involved in the abduction. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, she was four hours away when it happened. And, you know, according to her, you know, she just started to find out stuff from Kane, you know, after the fact. It was really disturbing. You know, Kane told her that Terry would get just, like, fall down drunk in front of the kids. Oh. And, you know, you, you can't do that in front of small kids. And, um, you know, Desiree was just furious with Kane. And early on... You had Kane, Desiree, and Tony, that's, that's Desiree's husband, were all really united uh, in their efforts to get Kyron back, and they were working together, and they seemed to you know, be getting along really well. But then you, you end up with this huge rift between Kane and, and Desiree and Tony. Um, now, obviously, they're still all working to get Kyron back, right? But Kane just, you know, the fact that he tells her that all this stuff had happened, and he never told her about it before, you know, he he didn't try to get Kyron out of the home. He should have known something was wrong because, you know, Terry was acting erratically and she did get angry at Kyron, apparently. I wouldn't say she was abusive, 
but but she did clearly treat him differently. Yeah, treated him differently, and you know was was unhappy with him, and was getting really drunk all the time. It just so you know there were some red there were some red flags about Terry, and you know I think it would have been fair for him to let Desiree know about that, or you know to 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 try to get Kyron out of the situation, right? You know, if, if you've got this stress building up, maybe it's a good thing if Kyron goes and lives with his mom for a while. Yeah. Let that cool back off at least. You know, even Could if she had dealt with him though. Well, yeah, no, she was, she'd been trying to get him back for years actually. Oh, so she was doing better by this point. Yeah. She, um, after her treatment, you know, she started trying to get Kyron back and Kane's like, no way, you know, you signed custody over to me. I've got him now. And, um, it was really, it was really hard on her, but I mean, I mean, we can say he was being an asshole about that. We have to understand at the time, you know, she'd moved four hours away right. from him. So if he gave Kyron back to her, you know, he's not going to see. He'd never see his kid. All. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And I get that. Now I don't think that was him just being an asshole, right? I think I think he loved you know Kyron and wanted him around. I think he may have dropped the ball on some on some warning signs, but that doesn't make him a, a terrible person. Or a bad parent, really. Did I, he ever confront her or talk to her about her drinking? Or yeah, I don't know about that. This, like this is information we really get from Desiree, mm-hmm. not as much from Kane. Now Kane has done interviews, but he always just sort of lays the blame off, you know, like like saying, "Well, it it was my fault, but it wasn't really my fault," you know. Like in one interview, he said, "Sure, you know, I should have been." I should have been paying more attention to her, but we had so much stuff going on in our lives. We had a new daughter, you know, I mean, the, the, the economy that. was going bad. Yeah, I understand it. I understand it too. So, if you just, it was just, it's a very unfortunate situation. I mean, I don't think there's any way was to, around him. Yeah, I just, I don't think there's any way to know. Yeah, the, her behavior was somewhat disturbing, but how could you ever think to go from that to murder, right? I mean, you think that's a reasonable belief to have had? That she might actually be a physical danger to the you child. Know, I, I don't think. I think. I don't think there's any way he thought she would have done anything like that. I mean, he he wouldn't have stayed with her if she thought she if he thought she was capable of that. And honestly, I don't think he thought she was capable of that really, really, until he found out about the the murder scheme. I mean, he may have suspected a little something, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think he really believed it until we find until he finds out. Oh, oh, she tried to have me killed. This one tried to have me killed. Maybe you know, like we can't prove that. You know, that, that guy may have been lying just to get some attention. Possible. I mean, you know how people do shit like that with these big investigations. And this one was big news. That part of me thinks that had that been true, she probably would have reacted differently. Yeah, you know, I, she she did, um, you know, according to the, the documentary and the articles I read, she, she reacted pretty, you know, cool about it. And she said, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. You got to leave. So I'm not sure that she really tried to do that. Now, it's, now, of it's, course, she also knew that the police were on to her at that point, so it might not have been a, a huge reach for her to think he might be working with the cops. No, I mean, she her her phone, she already knew her phone was being monitored. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got text messages between her and Michael Cook where she actually said, I've got a clean phone if you'd rather switch over to that. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, they're monitoring my phone. He's like, oh. So she, I mean, she had a burner phone one of her friends bought for her. She was texting people on, you know. So she was actively trying to avoid it. Oh yeah, I mean what? I mean we we don't know exactly what she was texting on the burner phone. I mean we don't know if like she was just having some private conversations. Maybe she was sexting with some other people for all we know and didn't want everybody to find out about it. But I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe she was texting her accomplice. So the closest thing we have to a motive is some 
drinking and I guess borderline abuse. Well, we've got those emails where she literally says she hates Kyron. Right, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I mean, I think that's a, a pretty yeah, good, that's pretty big. Yeah, pretty 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 big piece. Who of- did she tell that she hated Kyron? It was emails to to one of her friends. I'm, there, there are a few of her friends that have been mentioned, but I don't know who the email went to specifically. Okay. Because, like I said, this is just Desiree saying she saw the emails. Okay, okay, I right. Gotcha. So uh, we we don't know. We don't. The police haven't released these or anything. Okay, yeah. And I mean, you have to you have to believe Desiree to believe that too. But I mean, I don't see why we don't believe. Why Desiree. would she lie about it? Yeah, I mean, obviously she's just trying to get the truth and find 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 Kyra and find out what happened to Kyra. You know. Um. Now, like I said, we, we don't have, there's no real evidence anywhere, right? I mean, they, they never found Chiron anywhere. They didn't find his body. They haven't found him alive. Never been found. Obviously, you know, if he was killed, we never found any kind of murder weapon. They've searched the any local bodies of water. Well, yeah, they did search that around Sauvy Island. Okay. Um, they, they've, done a, they've searched a lot of areas for Chiron. And... Um, also, you have to consider, you know, she was uh, driving, well, she was actually driving Kane's pickup that day. Now, according to her, she drove that pickup because they had to, to haul Kyron's stuff to the science fair. Mm-hmm. So there is an excuse for that, right? Not like you just have to haul a body or something, right? Yeah. yeah. But even if, um, even if, like, let's say she did kill Kyron and transport his body in that, Kyron's DNA is, he's a seven-year-old kid. It's going to be all over that truck. It's his yeah, dad's truck. Of course. So what what can they find? Is, I mean, you're, you're going to have like. I mean, I guess you could find decomposition, but well, hell, would there have even been time for the body to decompose? Probably I mean, not. Like in the, the time frame she was working with? Yeah. yeah probably right. not. And if she, you know, if she, I mean, like, let's just face it. Like, this is 2010, right? If this. If this woman watched murder documentaries, she knew what to avoid doing. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I hate to say that, but we probably help people out and figure out how to commit crimes. I don't really want to think about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean nobody's watching us anyway. That's so true. Like, 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 oxygen and ID are way bigger culprits than we are. Fair enough. We don't have forensic experts coming on. I'd like to have one, though. Hey, if you happen to be out there, one yeah. of the two people that watch us and. If you are a forensic expert that happens to watch us, we'd love to interview you for anything, any cases you like. But at any rate, you know, there's no good solid evidence that we have motive, but, you know, she's never been charged. I mean, you don't even have a body, right? You can't say she murdered him. The The best we could get is... Oh, you can say she murdered him. You can say that, but you can't prove that. Right. And, you know, we, <laughs> you could maybe charge her with kidnapping. But you still don't have any good real. Do proof we of even that. know that he definitely left school with her? Well, this is I was going to get to this this piece of evidence later. Okay. Um in 2020, an author named Rebecca Morris released a book called Boy Missing the Search for Kyron Horman. Okay. In this book, she claims that multiple witnesses saw Kyron leave the school with Terry that day. But the police have never mentioned this? Police have never mentioned it. How does did she explain where she got this information? Well, according to her, she interviewed these people. Okay. okay. Uh, excuse me. According to the news article I read, I have not read the book. I apologize. Okay. But I read a news article about this. And according to that news article, she interviewed these people. Um, She says that Kyron's bus driver saw Kyron leaving with Terry. A classmate of Kyron saw him leaving with Terry. 
and two of that classmate's family members. Now, like I said, have we heard from any of these people? No, this is this is just an article from this book. This book is really the only thing that claims that. Okay. Now, I don't know what that means because I don't have like a bunch of news articles backing this up. Okay. So I can't say for sure that, that happened. No, I'm, I'm not trying to drag Rebecca Rebecca Morris through the dirt. I, I'm not saying you're right, not reliable. Right. I just, you know, for me to claim something, I need multiple sources. Right, of course. Now, if that did happen, I think you at least have enough evidence for kidnapping. For kidnapping. Um, if police have, you know, testimony from those people. I would assume, though, they'd like to get it for more than kidnapping. Yeah. And, you know, the... The the fact of the matter is, a lot of times you have these people that seem to be guilty. Um, I, I can't say this woman's guilty. You know, I mean, I think it is completely possible with, you know, hundreds of extra people in the school that day that some stranger slipped in and just decided he was going to take a kid with him that day. I doubt it. But with for all no this, other reason than her behavior after. Yeah, with all the circumstantial evidence that points toward her, though, I, I, I doubt that. Right. But I mean, I can't but say for sure that she did it. But it is feasible. It's very feasible, and I think that the police would like to get her for more than kidnapping at any rate. Yeah, of course. And if the if this is true, though, if if, if these people did see Kyron leave with, with Terry, then obviously, you know, she either trafficked him or killed him. Yeah. That's, I mean, what other conclusion is there? There's, there's no other way to it. Especially so. considering she says that she wasn't mm-hmm. with him, right? Exactly. Why I mean, lie about that? Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you haven't a, done something... With the kid, why would you lie about, you know... I guess if you're a habitual liar, I don't know. I mean, she she claimed over and over she wasn't near Salvia Island, but she did ping off the tower. Now, you can ping off of a tower being a distant ways away, but yeah, it's hard to say. There's one other thing she did that I, I don't know that it proves anything. I do want to throw it in there, though. When, when first interviewed by police, uh, she said that she saw Kyron walking toward his classroom as she was leaving. At about 8.45 a.m. Okay. Now, she would say in later police interviews, like several days later, that uh, there was an unknown male close to him when she was leaving. Convenient. Very convenient. And you'd think you'd throw that in at the beginning. Yeah, of course. Especially when you're, you're, you're panicked trying to figure out. What could have happened to this kid? Like, I saw this dude next to him. We got to find that guy, right? Right. You know? Like, that's not something you casually think of later. So, you know, that in, in in combination with what Rebecca Morris claims in her book, you know, in combination with the fact she doesn't seem to give a shit most of the time. I mean, there have been times she really cared. Like, she, she was on press conferences crying and stuff, too. I can't say she wasn't. But, I mean, she was hitting the gym, right? She's, you know, while while... While Kyron's been missing, you know, he's been missing for a while. There's still this investigation. You know, she's having an affair with this guy just a few days after Kane yeah. moves out. Tears in front of a camera don't mean much to me when you consider the rest of her behavior. No, I know. I know. Right. And like I said, it's all circumstantial, really. But I, I, I don't see any way she didn't do this, honestly. I, I, I think there's a possible chance, but God, she, she had to. Yeah, I would have to agree. She had to. I, I think she killed him. I, I think she probably had an accomplice. Uh, maybe, really? maybe a friend of hers. Maybe just some random dude she's having an affair with. Maybe there's another landscaper. Could be. What, what makes you think there was an accomplice? Well, okay. If she had her daughter in the car with her, 
drive around for an hour and a half. I just don't know that she'd want to go, you know, like, I mean, are you going to, are you going to kill Kyron and go bury him in front of your, in front of your, your baby? I mean, I would like to say no, but I mean, then it's hard to be in the mindset of someone who would kill a child to begin with. So, Well, also you get the fact that like, I mean, what might seem beyond the pale to me, you probably Right, but, to them. But also, right. I mean, you know that she only had about an hour and a half there to do that. Right, right. right. So you're looking at getting far enough away, no one's going to find the body, burying the body, and, you know, getting back to the gym and not having dirt all over you. Like, you just buried a body. You think it was probably premeditated? You think this is something she'd planned? For oh, this was... If she killed him, this was so definitely premeditated. I mean, she obviously went ahead of time and confused the teacher by saying he's got a doctor's appointment Friday. That yeah, that's true. He drove. She drove the truck that day. You know, um, she she probably knew this this uh, this science fair would give her a great opportunity. All these extra people in the school that day. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, it would almost certainly have to be premeditated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the people she actually saw in the Fred Meyer store um, said that, you know, she might be like high or whatever, but she never stops and talks. So she stopped and had a, a decently long conversation with her and showed her a picture of Kyron she took at the science fair. So that person thought this is pretty weird that she's you know, showing these pictures picture, and all yeah. this stuff, weird behavior. Uh, now, one other thing that you'd think of with this, right? Um, Kyron was not with her in that Fred Meyer store. Yeah. So was did she like kill him and just leave him in the truck? That's maybe she just had him sit in the truck, but and I, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but by 2010, I, I don't think you're allowed to leave your kids in the vehicle anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Like, like, like you're having, I mean, I realize he's not a baby. He's a seven-year-old, but. But it's, I mean, you know, I'd say in the 2000s, mostly you get in trouble for leaving your kids in the car when you go to the store. You know, you can't do that. Um, you, you know, the hot car desk, everything like that. He's not an infant, but you just can't leave. Uh, it's a, it's a poor decision anyway, yeah, whether it's legal car. or not. Well, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, like, shit, they left me in the car, right? Obviously, but like, hell, that's in the 90s. That's a completely different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people didn't think about shit like this happening then. Uh, but they didn't when I was a baby, right? I was big enough to roll the windows down and crank the car and turn the air conditioner yeah, on, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's just there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. So you would think that she had to have an accomplice maybe take Kyron from her while she's going to the Fred Meyer stores. And, you know, she actually had receipts from the Fred Meyer stores, too. She, You know, people saw her. She had receipts. It's like she's trying to build an alibi, right? Right, right, right. And then she's driving around for an hour and a half. Then she goes to the gym where everybody sees her. She has to sign into the gym. I hadn't considered that, but yeah, it does she seem like she went out of her way. She goes post something on Facebook that's very traceable. That's a good point. It does seem like she was trying to create an alibi, doesn't it? It really does. So you'd think she had maybe an accomplice to do some of the dirty work for her. And then she's able to, you know. I guess they looked into the guy that she was sexting. Yeah, but I mean, she didn't even, wasn't even talking to him before the search. Okay. You know, this is not, he wasn't even somebody she really knew. Like, it was, it was, it was a friend of Kane's and. And he, you know, met her during the search. And apparently he was just, like, texting her, checking in on Kyra and stuff. And somehow things escalated. She probably did it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, she she seems guilty as hell to me. Yeah. Though, damned if I could prove it. 
Yeah, there's that's the thing. There's no proof, so there's you know they they haven't prosecuted her. She's never charged. So they've basically known who did this since it happened, and there's just not much they can do. Well, they think. I mean, they're still investigating. They still investigate other leads. It's not like they don't investigate it, right? But it it seems to be Terry. It really does. I'd really like to know if police have a record of those uh, those eyewitness accounts that say that they saw her him leave with her. If they exist, I would think police have a record. I would hope so. Because they interviewed everybody in the school. Okay. Like, they, they brought in parents. They brought in the kids. They interviewed everybody. Like, did you see Kyron this morning? You know? Um, they did extensive interviews. So, you'd think they would they would know that stuff. And yeah. yeah. Sadly, you know, like, obviously, you know, the prosecutor doesn't want to bring charges against someone that is definitely guilty, but is going to get off with it because with double jeopardy laws... You can't charge them again later when new evidence pops up. Yeah, yeah. Mira. So, I hate to say this, but maybe one day if they find Kyron's body, there'll be some evidence they can charge her with. But, well, I say by his remains at this point. So old. I mean, I would love it if they can find Kyron alive. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, but he would honest. be, what, 19 at this point? The odds of that are slim to or 18, 19 right now. You know, the thing is, Sure, these kids, you know, someone could take them, they could get trafficked. Um, but if they're still alive by the time they reach their 20s, you'd think they'd show up. Right, right. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but you, you, you think eventually that, you know, someone would see them somewhere. I mean, let's be honest, the, the 72 hour rule exists for a reason. Yeah. I mean, it just tends to be true. Yeah. Especially with a small kid like that. Yeah. You know, now it was the summer in Portland, and I think they had pretty mild weather in the summer there, but that doesn't yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, at least it wasn't cold. Yeah, but I, I don't think I, I don't. Mean, I don't think he was ever out there on his own. Yeah, I don't either. He died probably in that vehicle at some point. Yeah, probably right after the science fair. And it, it is heartbreaking too. You look at that his picture at the science fair. Man, he looked happy. That's heartbreaking. You know, he was a, supposed to be a happy kid. He did. Uh, he did his uh, science fair project on this. Certain kind of frog. I think it was a certain kind of tree frog that he was just obsessed with. He was so happy about it. Looking forward to the talent show later that day. Um, you know, his dad was going to take me ice cream uh, when they got out of school. Jesus Christ. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. It, it breaks my heart for this kid. But that's pretty much the case. I mean, you uh, you can judge as you will. I said a lot of people will say that I'm just sitting here building a case against Terry. I think the conclusion here is it's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I don't think know, it's overly complicated, to be honest with you. Yeah, this is... I mean, she she did this to herself. She put all that evidence out there. She 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 did something. Well. But that's about it. So, you want to... Take us out? Yeah. yeah. We'd like to thank you for listening to Fact and Suspicion. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of our other content, we'd love it if you could like and subscribe and please tell a friend about us. If you have any feedback for us, or if you have an episode you'd like for us to cover and we are more than willing to take some suggestions at this point, we're trying to put out a lot of content, get one every week. Um, You know, contact us through email at fact and suspicion at gmail.com or through Twitter at and suspicion. I think we've been pretty good too about covering the cases that people have recommended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we're more than willing to as long as as long as I can find uh, enough sources for it. Yeah, you know, it's it's important that I can find sources because I I don't want to come on here and say something with nothing to back it up. Right. So, yeah.
Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.